Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hireth and Other Words podcast. I am your host, Timothy Mangle, and this week we are talking about migrating the field. Um, this is a little bit of a continuation off of last week's episode, um, the episode titled The Field in Which All Things Grow. And um, in that episode, I discussed this belief called panentheism, or rather, as it is in Greek, meaning all in God, meaning um, you know, the the image that I really try to paint is this one of God being a, a field in which all things grow out of it. Um, I talked about this idea that Paul Tillich um, presented to the church that is God is the ground of all being. And everything that has being or all isness or, or anything that can be named or just anything all has its groundings and its roots going deep into this thing called God, and, and God grows up all those things, and he grows through all those things. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we talked about last week. Um, I just summed it up real quick, so you don't have to go back, but if you want to go back, it's uh, there for you to listen to. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that I got a lot of really good feedback from that episode, just people messaging me and just you know being encouraged, or you know they had never really seen... God painted that way before, so uh, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but apparently it was a decent episode. So uh, if you want to go back and check that out, if you've already watched it, maybe share it with a friend. Um, Whatever. I'm just happy that you're here. So today, like I said, we're going to be talking about migrating the field. Um, So let's kind of break that down. Um, What does it mean to migrate? Well, it essentially just means to move from one place to the next, right? To from, from, from being able to start here and to go through whatever and to end up at another place. That's what migrating is. And the field is essentially the idea of God that I laid out in the last episode, right? So, you know, if, if God is... Or let's let's say rather that if the universe is something that it's you know it's growing out of God if if it's extending out of God and and we are a part of that um, then as we move through reality as we try to get from point A to point B what we're really moving through is this large field of you know the ground of being of of you know Godness of of divinity or, or whatever that's that's saturated and and soaking deep 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 into all of creation um and again that's yeah and manifests itself as the reality that we experience um yeah and you know so i uh i just said a lot of things to say we need ways to help us move through life (laughs) um you know, I think a lot of people don't like the word religion um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, and, you know, a lot of those reasons are, are justifiable and understandable. But as I've talked about before on this podcast, the word religion itself is actually a very beautiful word. Um, the word comes from, uh, I believe it's, it would have to be either Latin or Greek. I 
Greek, uh, Greek. I can't remember at the moment, but it's religios, which sounds more Latin. Anyways, the 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 history of the word religion begins with this word religios, which means to relimb, right? So think about it this way: you have something, you know, a, a tree branch is broken off from a tree. You need to relimit, or you know, whatever it is. It's this it's this idea of connection back to the original thing that we were a part of right so you know if my arm fell off it wouldn't be like oh, i'm i'm my own thing i'm you know autonomous by myself or or even that that thing grew out of me it understands that it is a part of the larger phenomenon of timmy um yeah and i think you know that's that's sort of the the place that we play in in relationship to God is where this limb where this extension of and for whatever reason we find ourselves um, feeling disconnected um, and I know not everyone's going to be using the language of God or feeling disconnected from God in their everyday life but I mean it's the same thing as saying you know you're feeling off-center or you're not feeling like yourself or you're just you know I I believe everyone knows what it feels like to to be in harmony or to be in sync or just to be you know riding the peaks of the mountain or or whatever that is. Um, so we all know what those harmonious moments feel like, but I feel like for most people that they don't live there necessarily. Um, I think, and th- those times can be and are often called religious experiences or, or religious um, phenomenons or whatever you. There's this. Um, when, when we have connection, when we, when we feel aligned, when we feel like ourselves, when we feel like everything's flowing naturally and perfectly or whatever, we're in this, yeah, we're in this place of harmony. And I feel like most people don't live their lives there and they kind of usually just save them for, you know, these, these special moments, you know, I'm, I'm, people will think like I'm going to a concert and that's when you know I'll have this this great experience or something like that or I'm going to you know go see some friends this weekend and I'm going to have this great experience or or whatever um but as I talked about last week you know God again being this this big term for you know the source of all being the the depth and the goodness of all things you know that experience and that you know the the state from which the flow state arises out of it's it's not separate from us it's it's something that we live in and move in and we have our being in so i'm saying all this to say that there are ways that we can implement into our lives that make the flow state or the the phenomenon of being connected or at one or at harmony or peace whatever these don't have to be saved for other times um and the problem is is that we don't see the sacredness or or the 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 beauty of the things that are all around us right and again so you can just look back at the examples that i have you know all of these examples of times that we feel the most aligned or awakened or you know whatever it is connected whenever we feel most you know peak of the valley those are usually experiences that we 
you know, put off. You know, it's like I'm going to the show. I'm I'm going to vacation. You know, at the end of the week, I get the weekend. That's great. And those are all lovely things, but they're all things that are kind of they're not now. And <laughs> the problem with being here now is that we're here, and and most people, you know, it's it's hard for people to live with this expectation of you know I'll just get through now. And I'll suffer long enough so that at some other point I can feel, you know, relief and, and peace and and all of those things. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's the intention of the creator. Um, again, maybe it's above my pay grade to believe that I speak for it or believe that I could even say what it has in mind or, or whatever. Um but I feel like the readiness of life to give us things that are sustainable and enjoyable um, and things that we can rejoice in, that, that life is ready to give us those things if we learn to see it, if we, if we learn to see where it is and how to embody it. You know, last week when I ended the um, episode, I uh, brought up this Bible verse. Um, and I didn't read it, I just quoted it from memory, and it's, which is what I'm going to do now, but it's Jesus talking about being the vine, and us being the fruit of the vine, or the grapes of the vine, whatever language you want to use. Um, and f- from the, the chapter in the Bible that that comes from, Jesus continually talks about this idea of abiding in him. And he says that you abide in him by keeping his teachings. So right there, we kind of have this peek into what the whole purpose of religion and, you know, all of these metaphors and stories and, and all of these things that we have um, because they're things that when we embody them, when we contemplate them, when we're, you know, we soak our lives in them, that they ultimately bring us back to this place of feeling connected. And I do want to say that, you know, I don't, I think in my experiences with, you know, a very strong and and traditional or fundamental Christianity, they would say, um, you know, you just have to always be feeling the presence of God. You just, it, it means that you're you're doing something right and whatever. And I don't want that to be saying what I'm... I don't want that to sound like what I'm saying here. Um, because, you know, for anyone who knows me, knows that I'm a huge believer of you have to learn to see God in the suffering as well. That it's not just in these, you know, the good times, the peak times, the religious experiences that I was talking about earlier. Because, again... We don't always live at those places. We kind of live in the in-between those places. And so, I know, I am I feel like I might be repeating myself, but again, the point in, and the, the point of a lot of these religious practices or spiritual, you know, whatever they are, it's to help us in the mundane, in the mundanity of life, feel that, that presence. You know, there's this, um, Franciscan friar that I've mentioned on the podcast before named Richard Rohr. And he really loves, you know, this talking about the idea of seeing God in the ordinary, in the plain. Um, because I think our mind has been too 
tricked into seeing God as just these peak experiences, these really good experiences or whatever. But the reality is, is that, you know, and I live a fairly comfortable life, um, but I can sit here and I can look around and there's a, a thousand reasons in this room alone for me to rejoice and for me to feel, I don't know, special or, or unique, you know, and, and yeah, I, I, I think that learning to embody that is a huge percentage or a huge reason for why all of these religions and myths and, and metaphors exist. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of go back. Um, let's go back to the early days of man. Um, I want you to, to put yourself in their position. So I want you to think that you're an early hunter-gatherer. You, you know, you kind of, you just migrate, you follow the animals, you set up shop wherever they're going and, and whatever. And one of the oldest, you know, recreations that we have is storytelling. It's one of the, you know, it's the deepest and most ancient form of communal intimacy or, or something like that of coming together as a group is sitting and sharing stories with each other. I mean, think about when you go out to eat with your friends. I mean, how how much of that time is spent just telling each other's stories, you know, and, and everyone loves a good storyteller and, and, and everyone loves experiencing a good story. You know, that's the whole reason that people go to movies, um, you know, listen to songs, read comic books, all of these things is because as, you know, as early as, as we were able to communicate with each other, what we were doing was telling each other's stories. Now, I want you to think these same people are the the reality that they're experiencing has to be so i mean maybe it's maybe it's different and i'm definitely looking back on with modern eyes but it's has to be such a novel experience of you know your there's your your trial and error is is crazy because you're you're trying to eat, eat this plant and it's not working you're trying to use that it's not working you know it's it's just so much trial and error and you know, as these societies progressed and, you know, they began to spread, what we begin to see is these stories being continually told. You know, the story of Genesis is hundreds of years old prior to it being written down. So, you know, then that story, the written version of it is currently thousands of years old. Think about that. So that the book of uh, or at least the beginning chapters of Genesis existed for hundreds of years before they were written down, and now the written version we have for thousands of years. So, you know, the story of Genesis, whatever it is, you know, generations upon generations believed that that story and, you know, a lot of other ones like it were so important that they needed to memorize these, you know, literal chapters of chapters of books. But they also believed it to be their history, and they, it's and it's not just their history, but it's deeper than that. These stories are, they're, you know, verbal attempts to try to articulate wisdom. And boy, howdy, is is wisdom a hard thing to? try to articulate and there's a 
a strong overlap. I mean, they're almost one and the same, and arguably they are, is the the embodiment of wisdom is that is that mode of being that I talked about earlier that helps you abide in the uh, vine to to help abide in God. It's you know everyone wants to be wise. Everyone wants to be able to go through life and you know have it not kind of crumble down upon them, um, and you know. That's why these these ancient peoples were sharing these stories with each other and continually telling them and continually, you know, thinking about them and, and all of those things. Um, and, you know, it's not just, you know, I'm not just talking about Genesis here or Christianity or whatever, but I'm, I'm talking about us as a species, is we're storytelling animals. We, we can't live without stories. And... You know, the crazy things about stories is that they're, they, they have the tendency to be realer than real life. Um, because part of that is that it strips away a lot of the mundanity of life. Um, and again, you know, I, I talked about earlier about that's where, you know, God is obviously in those places. But when it comes to hearing stories, for some reason, it just seems better when, you know, you're not talking about how many times you're blinking or like, when you're sitting and there's nothing happening or, or whatever, but a, a good story kind of gets rid of all of the, the excess junk and kind of just gives you the heart of it. And, man, the fact that... I, I guess what I'm, I'm picturing in my head is, and, and how this relates back to the topic and all of those things, you have God coming out as this... Ex, as, as, hmm, I'm going to start over. You have God coming out as this experience of reality, and the experience goes out far enough that the experience itself begins to have experience the phenomenon of disconnection back to that initial source. And that's where we find ourselves. And as these people are, are moving through reality, they're moving through the field, they're moving through you know, God is they're they're trying to get from point A to point B and to survive it all. And as they're doing this, they're experiencing things and they're trying to tell their children how to, you know, hand these things off so that that their generation can go a little bit farther than theirs did because they didn't have the things that were holding them back. You know, like this is every Every person I've ever met who's been a parent wants their children to have a better life than them, and they should. And now think about if that's been true since the dawn of our species and the progression that we've been able to to go. And that's why, again, all of these stories and these tales, they're, they're hundreds and, and, you know, thousands of years old but we keep them with us because we don't know what we lose if we lose them now i will say that america is i mean so here's i mean here's the reality of it, friends is that this current generation of america is you know one of the first generations in history to not have a connection back to 
you know, again, reality meaning God, the the source of all things. And, and again, I know the word God is so complicated and people kind of think that the Christians own that word, but it's it's a phenomenon that is larger than any religion can kind of sum up or, or whatever. It's They're all extensions of the field. They're not the field itself. So, I don't know. It's, you know, there's there's a weird thing here, and I, I don't want to go into this too far, but our generation is, is the first one to not have a rela- relationship with you know, whatever you would want to call it, God or, or source or the, you know, the supreme being or whatever it is. And we also don't have a relationship with the stars or the, you know, the cosmic, the cosmos that sits above our head. We don't have a relationship with it, meaning we don't understand it. We're not, we're, we're somewhat curious about it. We're flirting with it, but we're not really like, we don't want to marry it. Um, some people do, <laughs> but I would say as a species. So there's this there's this disconnect from both our the the thing that gives us life and the thing that that sends us out, and also a a disconnect between nature, really, or just our our place in the cosmos. And you know, I don't. As I get older, I I fear that I turn into one of those people that are like you know what's wrong with this nation it's that they don't have a relationship with god everyone if everyone was a christian then this whole nation would be fine and i don't think that that's necessarily true but what i do believe is that people need good ways to connect back to who they truly are and who you truly are at your core is divine and you're a child of god and you're and you're you have divinity coursing through your blood and we don't know anything about it and we've forgotten that and we've been wandering around in in you know this the muck of this school or this reality for so long that we've forgotten our our place and that's the purpose of these religious stories now i feel like i've i've really nailed that home so let's kind of you know you know What's the benefits of having a spiritual practice or a religious worldview? And, and when I say religious worldview, what I mean by that is having a worldview that understands that we are connected and there's an important there's an importance on the individual to learn how to be connected back to all of those things. And again, the reason that I bring up stories is because it's so important to us and how we can understand reality um you know as much as i you know him and haw against christianity i'm i'm fortunate enough to have been handed a worldview that gave me language for a lot of experiences that i would have um a lot of i don't know uh it it just it just gave me a decent worldview um and i think you know for people who don't have religious or spiritual language around them i won't say that it's that they can't i won't i won't be i won't say that those people can't truly connect back to reality but again the importance of these stories are the are the things that are so 
important, the things that, that really matters? What is the wisdom that is trying to be articulated within them for us to embody? You know, um, one of my favorite books that I've ever, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I say that about every book, but this book that I really enjoyed reading is this book that I can see uh, behind the camera is uh, and the microphone, and it's called Wise Men and Their Tales. And it's a discussion about just random stories uh, from the book of Genesis, which I keep bringing up. And in the, you know, in the book, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, you know, you have a lot of figures like Abraham and Isaac and and Jacob. um, And you see them doing things and you see them interacting with God and their fellow man. And, you know, uh, Abraham changes God's mind at least once in the Bible, if not more. Um, So this book, Wise Men and Their Tales, is this discussion about these stories. And and it's great because the perspective that they come from isn't one of saying who is right or wrong in the um, narrative. They just give every perspective possible. And the way that they do it in the book is this beautiful overlap where it blends very seamlessly between the characters within a story. And really it it's it really highlights the beauty of how um Jewish people a- approach their text. I think in Christianity we had this sort of sense of like there is one true interpretation of this and it, once you have to find that and then stay by that. But I think for the Jewish people, what was, you know, um, I'm actually remembering this, this proverb or the story um, uh, that actually helps articulate this, this point. And it, it is a story about Jewish individuals. So there was a couple of, you know, rabbis or, you know, devout religious Jews sitting together and having a discussion and and there was a you know a young man amongst them and he was you know he knows his place so he's sitting there quietly listening to the older men discuss you know these religious stories and and the tales and the Torah and you know their Bible and, and these holy books and they're going back and forth and they're they're you know he's saying this thing and he's saying no 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 and then that guy's saying this thing and then the young guy after you know a while has passed, he stands up and he says, listen, he's like, this is what you're saying. This is what you're saying. This is the truth behind all of those things. And this is how you're mis, you know, misinterpreting each other or whatever. And the older gentlemen, they turn to this younger man and they're like, yeah, we know that, but that's not the, the point. The point is that we're having the conversation. And I always thought that that story was very interesting because, again, it's not something that we we necessarily think of, especially in our culture, because we're so gosh darn preoccupied with being right. But we're not preoccupied with having discussions about what is right. Um, Yeah, because I think it's a lot more enjoyable for us for whatever reason to be like, this is what I, you know, you know, this is who I am. This is what I believe. You know, you have to change my mind. And instead of having this, you know, openness and this understanding of, well, maybe I'm not right about everything, and it's better to have a discussion than to assume that I know best. Um, and I, I feel like I'm just going all over the place, but again, I, I think we're missing something in our culture because we don't take the time to sit and discuss. Again, it doesn't have to be biblical stories or whatever, but, you know, 
this is a, a huge reason why movies are so popular right now. You know, you know the Marvel movies I'm a huge fan of, but a, a huge reason that they're important to people is because they're giving stories for the individuals to discuss with their friends and to figure out, well, what is the true embodiment of righteousness, of, of wisdom? And so, you know, I hope through this episode that you can see that I'm trying to paint this picture of you know, God expanding out and us walking around within that and learning and, and or realizing that we need to learn how to connect back to that. And that's how we share stories of, of trying to articulate wisdom, you know. And as we embody those things, we feel that connection that, that we're always a part of, but for whatever reason, we're having this experience of disconnect. And again, that's what, what Jesus says when he says, abide in me, you know, just abide in me by abiding in my teachings. If you're, if you're doing your teachings, you're going to manifest this thing called the kingdom of God, and you will live within that. And that itself is really the field being exposed as the most beautiful form of itself. Um, so, you know, um, religious practices, they're more than just a large religion that, you know, when I think about religions um, or spiritual practices or spiritual worldviews or philosophies or whatever, I like to think of, of a river, you know, you know, picture it with me, picture a river flowing through all things and just, you know, going down. And we have this innate desire to go into the river and to go into the river we need these I, I, I always just picture bridges going into the water so you know how however that would be however you want to imagine that or we're just walking into the water we need well it's not like we can just we can just walk into the water but usually what helps us is having some sort of path laid out before us that helps us get into the water and, and what I mean by that is having spiritual practices and again it's not just having religions but it's actually doing things in your everyday life um, like meditating um, chanting mantras uh, contemplating biblical verses or other books of wisdom um, uh, relaxing self-love and self-care these are all spiritual practices the importance is to learn to put them into a routine now we're kind of going full circle here what is the word that people use when they talk about something that they do all the time and they use it to kind of help themselves feel normal they say they do something religiously you know i people will say i drink coffee religiously or i listen to this guy religiously or i you know whatever it is it's this idea of and again like look the fact that the word is just sneaking through the brain and knowing that 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 is the best word that when we have these routines and these practices that help center us these are religious practices, even if it is just getting a cup of coffee in the morning. And I think it's incredibly important to understand that that's what you're doing. That, you know, you're not just because it's so easy to have those same things just fall into routine. 
but to understand that, you know, when I'm getting my cup, cup of coffee in the morning, when I'm saying my mantras, when I'm saying my prayers, whatever it is, it's be, it's not just out of a sense of duty. It's because I want to feel connected back to all things. And and, and again, this this offer, this this potential invite into glory, into goodness, into those peak religious experiences, they're not just safe for, you know, rock and roll concerts or the county fair or, or whatever it is. They're they're for moments just like this. They're for moments where you're sitting at the laundromat, when you're sitting at the post office or the the DMV worst of all. You know, it's God wants to be just as present in in those moments as he does in, in anything else. And, you know, I I think these ideas of, of meditating and awareness and mantras and, and prayer, they're all things that we can do in the current moment. And, you know, they, they don't have to be things that we, we push off. And these religious stories and tales and, and myths and metaphors show, you know, brilliant examples and terrible examples of how people have tried to embody those practice those those principles and and to have that that reconnect you know i mentioned this book earlier uh, uh wise men and their tales and part of the reason i love that is because the book doesn't just say who's you know it's it's not. It doesn't have a bias because in the book it even questions. You know, is God wrong in this moment? Is is Abraham wrong? Is is Lot right? Is Lot's wife right? Like whatever it is. Like there again, it's about the discussion about these things. And I think for a long time, and and it's very common now that people just read the the stories of the Bible and they just say, oh, like that's how a good person lives, or that's you know whatever. But again, it's this this need for discussion and this need for, you know, to figure out how, you know, what is best in your everyday life, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like I was just all over the place with this episode, which I do a lot of times, but what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that you are migrating through a field meaning you are moving through reality. And we need ways that we can move through it more smoothly. And I think for a very long time, since the since the dawn of speech, since the dawn of stories, we've been trying to relay to each other how best to do that. How, how do we do that in the most proper ways? And through people's trials and errors and, and learning these you know, beautiful practices of mindfulness and meditation and prayer and all of these great, you know, and it's more than that because I'd hate for everyone to think that it means to be spiritual when you're just doing something that, again, is quote-unquote spiritual. But it's you're being the most awake and most in 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 that source or connected back to that when you're embodying love, when you're being compassionate, when you're sharing mercy with people. Those those are just as beautiful spiritual practices as prayer and meditating and, and all of those things. Um, and I'll, I'll end with this. I, I kind of said this earlier, um, but I'll, I'll say it now. You know, um, if you've... If, 
if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll know this because something that I, I talk about on the Patreon episodes a lot more than I do on these episodes is, you know, behind the scenes and, and off camera, I've had a very stressful year. And, and obviously a lot of people have and uh, everyone's stressed. And I personally haven't been keeping up my spiritual practices as well as I should be. I don't meditate as much as I should be. I don't pray as much as I should be. Eh. Um, yeah, I'm just not doing it as much as, as I used to. And consequently, I feel that disconnect. Um, and, you know, I heard the spiritual teacher say one day, it's like, listen, if you don't want to meditate, then don't meditate. You're only going to grow bitterness and resentfulness for whatever you're, you know, it's because it's out of a duty and it's not out of love. It's out of obligation. And I don't know, I just... I want to encourage people, you know, I I just talked this whole episode about the importance of trying to embody wisdom and praying and meditating and all that stuff. But I also want to say, sometimes you just don't feel like doing those things. Um, sometimes you're just at a place where you're just you're just done with everything and, and you're just giving up and, and whatever. But I want to encourage you and say that that is still part of the field in which all things grow it's again it's not just about these peak moments when we're feeling the best you know and maybe i'm, I'm sending a, a weird message by saying that we should always try to be seeking that but and that's true but i remember um when i was on when i was moving out to oregon i was staying i uh I had just left Iowa, and I, I had stayed at a friend's house there, and I was going to somebody that I worked with in Taiwan's uh, in-law's house to crash for the evening. And um, when I, I, I was driving through Nebraska, and I hit this huge just storm, and it just stopped everything, and I was delayed for a couple of hours. So I ended up getting at this house super late at night, and I was just burnt out, and I was exhausted, and... Just wanted to go to bed. And the bedroom that they took me in to sleep in had this little, like, you know, little fun plaque on the wall that was hand-sewn. And it had this verse on it from the Bible, and it said, from one glory to the next. And that's a, a, a verse from Paul, who I talk about all the time. He, he says, you know, from one glory to another, that removing, just removing from one glory to the next. And, you know, I think about everything that I just talked about, these these ancient people struggling through life, figuring out all the hard stuff to be able to pass on to their the next generation so that they can, you know, go and figure out the even harder stuff and, and hand off that information back. And that is one glory to another. And so wherever you're at right now, if you're if you feel like you're in a valley, if you feel like you're in a peak, just understand that it is one glory in the midst of many, many glories that you are being moved through. That creation and, and whatever it's doing, you know, God and, and whatever it's doing is is pulling us onto him and, and onto her and, and deeper into this intimacy and this connection that we have um, that we've forgotten. So my encouragement is is wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever you're practicing, you are in one glory, and you will move to the next. 
It's all a part of the field. And we relate back to the field through embodying love because that's what's at the root of the field. All right, friends, uh, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful. Um, If I said anything, I'm trying to say our species for a long time has been trying to figure out how to best move through reality. And it's probably good for us to try to figure out what they were trying to say. Um, and they, they gave us a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, again, that's the Bible, it's the Bhagavad Gita, it's the Tao Te Ching, it's, you know, the Buddhist teachings, it's, it's love, it's wisdom, it's, it's all of these things. It's the, the, the means by which we can connect back to, to, to source is so infinite because source wants us connected to it. Anyways, friends, my encouragement would be whatever, however you feel connected, do that to feel connected. Um, if you don't want to do anything, then don't do anything. And uh, yeah, if you haven't prayed before, if you've never meditated, I would encourage you to try those things and just see what happens. And lastly, um, I ask that you would love your neighbor as yourself and that you would love yourself. All right, friends, that's it for this episode. That's usually what I close things on, but, uh, yeah. Uh, like this thing on the internet, share it about. Anyways, uh, sign up for the Patreon if, if you want to know there, or want to get the stuff there. All right, I'm done. Have a good one, friends. Thanks for hanging out.